I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Coming to you today with our fourth episode of the Open Mic of the Air. Providing an open mic platform, because your live and in-person open mics just can't happen while we're shut down due to the coronavirus pandemic. If you want to submit a poem of your own to the Open Mic of the Air, just send a recording, five minutes or less, to openmicoftheair at gmail.com. You can find full submission guidelines on our website, poetryspokenhere.com. Before we start, let me say what I always say at live open mics. You can rant, you can chant, you can shout, get it out, get it down, get it off, off your chest, off the page. Share your mission, share your glory, share your vision, tell your story. Take a moment in the sun. The mic is open. We've got a wonderful episode today. We've got 10 poets from the East Coast, West Coast, heartland of the U.S., as well as from Mexico. We're going to start right off in the heartland, a city many of you may have uh, stopped by to change planes. Albert DiGenova is from the Chicago, Illinois area. He is the founder and co-editor of After Hours Magazine, a journal of Chicago writing and art. It's been around since the year 2000, which is quite an accomplishment for an independent literary magazine. Appropriately enough, in addition to writing poetry, Al also plays the blues saxophone. Hello, this is Albert DiGenova. I'm going to be reading a poem called The Cracked Mirror. It's a Charles Bukowski Sento. The Cracked Mirror. The door is stuck inside my head. There's no clarity. There was never meant to be clarity. After you've pulled off the tablecloth with the full plates of food and broken the windows and rung the bells of idiots as we find profundity in being an asshole, as the courage of everything, even the fleas, the lice, the tarantula, astounds me in this early morning growling, there is a place in the heart that will never be filled. The agony of the elephant, the nightmare of the midget, madhouses screaming in pain, the meter maids cry alone at 1 a.m. on rainy nights, the cats chewing at your flesh as the morning fog enters the broken screen, sitting here watching the second hand and the Timex go around and around, and the wristwatch crawls like a snake across the back of the dresser, and the refrigerator contains 9,000 frozen dreams, an empty man being careful not to trip and bang his empty head, and that the sidewalks are empty while full of feet passing. This is the working of the way. Agony sometimes changes form, but it never ceases for anybody, blowing his brains to the walls as if that would stop the way fruit trees drop their fruit. The price of creation is never too high. Take a writer away from his typewriter, and all you have left is the sickness which started him typing at the beginning. As we sizzle and fry to the bone, the coals of Dante's Inferno spit and sputter beneath us. We are all doomed together. That's all there is to it. I help him burn some more of his posy. They float well down the river, lighting up the night as good words should. Some accept the possibility of God to help them get through. Others take it straight on. And to these I drink tonight. Only the plants and the animals are true comrades. 
I drink to them and with them. This was the craziest kind of contentment, and to walk across the floor to an old dresser with a cracked mirror, see myself ugly, grinning at it all. Our next poet is Paula J. Lambert from Columbus, Ohio, with a poem that is, as you will hear, most appropriate to our times. Possum, Diversion Strategy Yesterday, a friend found a possum dead in her garage. Dead, dead. And once she collected herself, she buried it. Faithful girl. We deal with what we must. Possum tells us to let the ego go, to rely on instinct, to prepare for the unexpected, to use the brain as a tool for the heart. When the enemy thinks we're dead and moves on, we collect ourselves and move to safety. Smart possum, wise possum. Contrary, dead possum tells us this. Drama doesn't help. You're not really a victim. All we need is to buy ourselves some time. Anyway, that's what my friend's possum said to me. It's what the burial played out. Do what you must. Respect the ritual. When this threat too has passed, we all move on. Once again, we get good advice from a poem. Do what you must. This too will pass. Our next poet, Marilyn Johnston, is from Salem, Oregon. She's received the Oregon Literary Arts Fellowship for Writers and is a winner of a Robert Penn Warren Award. Her collection of poems, Before Igniting, was just published in February of this year, 2020. She teaches creative writing in the Artists in the Schools program, and she primarily works with incarcerated youth. My name is Marilyn Johnston. Here's my poem. My husband talks about COVID-19 as if he's still on patrol. Anytime going out from the base camp, you take your chance with snipers. You take a risk, even all suited up with night gear, thick flak jacket and combat boots, M16 at the ready. It's hard to tell the difference between friend or foe without a scope. How they can trick you and kill you, even someone symptomless, even if you have your helmet in place, even with masks and gloves, you take a chance with the things you can't see. All suited up, you could take a shot in the neck or an artery hit in the leg, somewhere that's vital. So you cover and lay low, even on base where a rocket can zero in and find you. The fear of friendly fire, the wife and kids come back from the store, infect you without warning. And triage will become unreliable once overwhelmed with casualties. And again, it's a matter of luck or fate who lives or dies. Now the helicopters are circling the perimeter of our house and someone has to be in charge, ready to drop the red smoke grenades to mark the landing zone. And he's on duty. 
his restless legs once again waking us as he prepares for an enemy that refuses to show its face. Marilyn's poem is certainly the real deal. What a beautiful, beautiful extended analogy. And now moving to the high country, from Denver, we've got Jonah Bornstein. He uh, is from Denver now. Previously spent 29 years in Ashland, Oregon. He teaches at Denver University right now. He has a new collection, Desert Voices, a walk through the secret mountain wilderness. Hello, this is Jonah Bornstein from Denver, Colorado. My poem is Raven Flight at the Grand Canyon. I know the lust of hang gliders to loop upward in the grace of ravens, forming fissures in air as if they too were custodians of space. I watched them drift across the desert, hands clenched to the reins of taut wings, their bodies clamped to saddles. I remember seeing one of these creatures dangling like a struck bird from electrical wires above the coast highway. No formula of wellness would return him, the bent grill of his body haunting me for years after. Now relaxed in a warm motel room below the canyon, its buffeting wind unlocked from my body by a hot shower. I wonder whether the woman who spoke truly did see a tagged condor, the exposed pink guts of its head, a splotch of luminescence against the ragged streaks of light shifting on canyon walls, or a moose in Oak Creek Canyon, the trolley of her imagination unfolding at the rim, smiling, glorious in her tellings, rose matter dyeing the pale skin under her eyes. It is enough, I wanted to say, to see the particulars of where we are, the clipped dust of deer tracks, to hear the thump of wings and watch a brace of ravens coil up from the canyon's lips, making visible channels of air unfelt from our perch on the rim. But I, too, have created canyon stars out of a scattering of desert datura. And I question even the hang glider 40 years ago, wonder if my parents diverted my gaze away from the snared man to the cable of knotted cars, afraid of death hovering above us, or that I had not seen at all that my young mind opened a fissure to move the uneasy flight of man toward earth, where I could see its consequence and know that daring brings death close, that my story now is to climb the pole, lasso the impervious hum of wires that crowds our bodies with a language we cannot understand. There's another one of those poetry of place that takes you just right there so vividly. I love it when that happens. Next up, we have our contribution from Central Mexico. It's from Ken Salzman, and it's a response to 
a great Picasso painting, which he actually sat in front of in New York City because before moving to Mexico, he lived in upstate New York. Hi, my name is Ken Salzman. I'm coming to you now from the mountains of Mexico, but for many years previously, I lived in New York's capital region. This is a poem called Another Gray Afternoon in Guernica, as we say in the U.S., or Guernica, as my Spanish-speaking friends tell me it's properly pronounced. But it's not really a poem about the place, about the Basque village bombed by the Nazi planes late in the Spanish Civil War. It's about Picasso's masterful black and white painting depicting the horrors of war, all wars perhaps. Another gray afternoon in Guernica. Not even the startling red of anguish pooling in the streets of the ancient market town, and not even the great raw green silent screams of the women and not the cerulean certainty of April skies capping the afternoon can ever pierce the gray reality. Gray is the color of death dropping from the sky in early spring, and the last color left on the artist's palette after the bombs have drained the world of warmer hues. I can't remember how many gray afternoons I spent in the very heart of Guernica, on a bench in the museum on 53rd Street, not daring to breathe while wondering when the red would begin to flow from those wounds and wondering when it would finally stop. And speaking of New York, our next poet, Mike Jerkovic, is from Wallkill, New York, which is not terribly far north of New York City. I think you're going to really appreciate his lively delivery. And uh, he sent along a quote for us from Reinhold Niebuhr, the most significant moral characteristic of a nation is its hypocrisy. I'm going to have to think about that for a while. We ooed and aahed at the 64 World's Fair and the droids that would take away our work and give us more time with the kids. More time to smoke, to read and watch, to drink and fuck and fuck some more. Raw metallic arms did the work of 50 men without unions and overtime. Hulking, huge brains sprayed pretty light and reasoned all our equations. The atom had no blowback. The wonderful world of chemistry was just one pill ahead. We marveled at modems and picture phones. Big oil gave us dinosaurs. The happy plastic family heartened us all. Different trips, same monkey Disney ruled the air. Weather stations under the Arctic ice would correct the world's climate. The cities of the future had no ghetto that we could see. They were less sad and frantic than those to come. No one homeless, no one alone, jetpacks, 
Ooh. Space stations. Ah. Deserts were farms where dark robots picked the fruit. The Mick was there. I saw him. Amid the supercars, the Kennedys without Jack, for the darkness did just dawn. We oohed and odd, zipping along on the monorail, carrying our radiated nickels and dimes, or were they pennies? I forgot all about the poor. We explored the mysteries of a woman's mind. Wisconsin cheese! 3D led to 4G, then 5. They say we don't need 6. We oohed and odd, and became. Moving up to New England now, we have Andrea Valario. She's from Massachusetts. And in her note to us with the poem, she said, she is a comrade of the mystics, exploring life through the interplay between the inner worlds, nature, and lessons amidst culture and community. She practices her technique as a guide, healer, teacher, nurse, and poet. Hi, this is Andrea Valario. I'm reading from Haverhill, Massachusetts. And this poem is from the perspective of the many times that we fall away from ourselves. And the many ways that we find our way back. The title is Other Than Love. Why would you tell yourself you are something other than love? What made you frown that way? And I can't remember the last time you kissed the moon. You know, she's in full exposure these days. Now listen. Time takes on a whole new meaning on this side of the planets. Phrases like supposed to, by now, or ready yet, aren't uttered so much. And before and after make us all fall into quiet laughter. Don't mind that cheeky phrase. We don't mean to be cruel. We're just pointing out how much it means to fall into the ecstasy of this presence, as you call it. And I can't remember where we put that love poem you wrote in another room. That's just it. I think you just stepped inside. Didn't Hafise change rooms in your mind for a day? All the hemispheres in existence lie beside an equator in your heart. I think we just make Krishna happy. I can hear him playing his flute. You know, I like that thought, uh, we made Krishna happy. Now going down to Texas, we've got Richard Evans, who has a uh, first book called Wild Tuna. It's available from lulu.com. And here's his contribution. My name is Richard Carl Evans. 
I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. I currently live in Grand Prairie, Texas. Uh, the poem I'm about to read is from that same collection. It's entitled Vexation in the Garden. Where shall I run if the dormant grass remains to prick my bare soles as I scurry to the other side in pursuit of this child whom I would give my very life, though her life may not mirror my own, the string in her hand that balloon in the sky seems so simple at sunset. The clouds, they agree not to deter this memory with rain and fulmination. Sun rays gleam and glow even more. The added warmth does strange things to the skin. She does not know to compare the future with the past. She trusts her mother, her father, and the heavens. The twilight would never lie, but right and wrong can touch tomorrow. And when tomorrow touches her, I pray it is with hands as gentle as mine. Next up, we're going back to the Upper Midwest, Catherine Cofell from Appleton, Wisconsin. She was the featured poet in Poetry Spoken Here, episode 114. She's the author of two full-length poetry collections, including Stick Figure with Skirt, which won the Main Street Rag Poetry Book Award. And she's been recognized for her work mentoring poets in Wisconsin by founding the Wisconsin Poet Laureate Commission, the Wisconsin Fellowship of Poetry Chapbook Prize, and the Poetry Unlocked Reading Series. She is a busy poet, Catherine Cavell. Hi, this is Catherine Cofell. I'm from Appleton, Wisconsin. I had the privilege of being on Charlie's show several months back. I hope you don't mind indulging me one more poem. I've really enjoyed Open Mic of the Air and love the opportunity to participate. The poem I'm going to read uh, comes from my book, Stick Figure with Skirt, that uh, came out last year from Main Street Rag. The name of the poem is The Day Her Speech Was Slurred. An emergency room doctor scheduled a CAT scan and then an MRI. And then she was admitted. And then she swallowed steroids. And then a patch of scalp was shaved. And then they carved that pumpkin patch and then they scooped the rotten pulp and then they stitched the lid back on. And then speech became church and then green eyes, gray confession. And then she unraveled, and then they opened her skull again. And then they siphoned the burning fuel out, and then they stitched again a temporary hem. And then her step was Frankenstein, and then her left eye moved to Hayward, and then they opened her skull again. And then they stopped the riot with a fire hose, and then her brain became Chernobyl, and then her insides out. And then she slept, and then her insides out. And then we lit her up like a drive-in theater, and then she performed a one-act play in four acts. 
and then she undressed each night into a red giant, and then talk became Morse code. And then she held me like a baby, and then I washed her like fine china, and then I cradled her like a baby, and then the speak of Quakers, and then the rain on her quilted body, and then the drought. That poem gave me chills the first time I heard it, I've got to tell you. We're going to be closing out with a poet from Springfield, Missouri, who has something for us that I think brings us to an appropriate close for the episode. Her name is Dottie Jocelyn, and you can go to her website, jocelynpoems.com. That's J-O-S-L-Y-N poems.com for information about her new book, Just Show Up. I'm Dottie Jocelyn from Springfield, Missouri. I live alone and have written a couple of poems about that experience during the COVID-19 virus pandemic. My first poem is Isolation. Riding the wave of the moment, knowing there is nothing else to do, I wait for what comes next, not anticipating. Having to be here in this place at this time, I relinquish expectations to reality and settle into a rhythm, slow motion, stillness within. Sparks of movement and connection are pinpoints in my days, and I relish those times, then fall back into solitude and embrace the silence in my world that has narrowed to within these walls. I am grateful for this space and time, warmth and quiet, safety, respite from fear and anxiety, a pause in noise and busyness, for now it is enough. My second poem is Solitude. It is quiet here in my room, introspection settling in. The silence soothes my soul, stillness wraps me in its soft embrace. I am almost drowsy from inaction, sifting through my mind, sorting through thoughts and emotions, but not latching onto them, just letting them pass with interest but not attachment. I feel present in this moment alone, with no hope or dread for the future. The unknown stretches beyond what I see now, and I have no anticipation, just watching what is and being comfortable, sitting in this cloud of not knowing, closing my eyes and dreaming nothing at all. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this has been Poetry Spoken Here. Continuing our special series of the Open Mic of the Air. As always, we encourage submissions to the Open Mic of the Air to participate. Poets simply make a recording of themselves five minutes or less in which they state their name, where they are in the world, and read a poem. That recording is submitted to openmicoftheair at gmail.com. For full guidelines, go to our website, poetryspokenhere.com, and click at the top where it says Open Mic of the Air. You'll be told exactly what to do. It's straightforward, it's simple, and we look forward to your uh, submissions. Open Mic of the Air podcasts are posted online on Fridays. They remain available for listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, and the other places where you listen to podcasts, along with the entire Poetry Spoken Here archive 
of 100 plus episodes. So be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com. <laughs>